Christ ministry, this last week would have been very interesting to you uh, with all of the things that are going on. If you were a Roman, you would know that the Jews were celebrating the feast of the Passover. And we talked a little bit about that last week and, and what exactly that, uh, that, that signified. And so you would have seen things going on in your town that ordinarily would not have been going on in your town. Uh, many, many new faces as people came in from the outside uh, to celebrate Passover. There were the chance for skirmishes. Uh, there were a chance for fights and, and all kinds of crazy things happening uh, during Passover week in, in Rome. Lots of hustle and bustle as preparations were being made for what was coming. Now, if you were a Jew and you were living in Jerusalem during the last year of Christ's ministry, last week would have had much significance as far as what was going on around you in the area of Jerusalem. It was Passover week. And, you know, they were commemorating. They were commemorating the Passover of, of what happened in Egypt as the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt for 430 years. And it seems that they couldn't get out because Pharaoh was using them for slave labor to build all kinds of projects that he had in mind to build. And so they were trapped there and, and God heard their cry and he sent Moses and Aaron to them to lead them out of the land of Egypt and to take them to the promised land. And so this story was told to people down through the ages. I read this week that the literacy rate in Rome, Jews and Romans and everybody else alike, probably was between 10 and 15%. So there weren't a lot of people there that even were able to read, much less have access to the Scripture like we have access to the Scripture today. And so the story of the Passover was told down through the ages generation after generation, and is, the Israelites knew what God had done for them uh, during, during Passover. And so they were commemorating this deliverance. The kids knew what it was about. The adults knew what it was about because this had been verbally told to them down through the ages. Now, along with the desire to celebrate it, the need to celebrate Passover... There also were some pretty serious consequences that were given to the Jews if they did not celebrate Passover. In fact, in Numbers chapter 9, verse 13, and forgive me, I had the, the scriptures up on the screen, but we've had kind of a, a demon of technology or something, I don't know, but they're not working this morning. So uh, it says in Numbers 9, 13, but if a man who is ceremonially clean and not on a journey somewhere fails to celebrate Passover... That person must be cut off from his people because he did not present the Lord's offering at the appointed time. That man will bear the consequences of his sin. So what's going on in Rome right now, in the Roman Empire, in the city of Jerusalem, is the celebration of Passover, which they were instructed to celebrate. In fact, they would be in big trouble and cut off from their people had they not followed through in, in celebrating this. Preparations were being made. A lamb had been selected four days earlier. And the people were actually required to take that lamb into their home for a variety of reasons. But that lamb would have been with them and knowing four days later that they were going to slaughter that lamb. And as Seth mentioned in his lesson Wednesday night at church, uh, how difficult that would be. I mean, kids love cute little things. Even some adults love cute little things. And you're going to be living with this lamb for four days prior to having to sacrifice it. 
in, in, in an offering to God and it's actually in your house might have been difficult for them. So this lamb would have been selected in the home. The yeast that you would have had in your house for baking bread, you would have had to have gotten rid of prior to Passover because the only kind of bread they were allowed to make during this time, this celebration in Jerusalem, was unleavened bread because the Passover meal was to be eaten with your your robe on, tucked in, staff in your hand, ready to go because it was commemorating the Israelites' exodus from the land of Egypt. And so there was no leavening or no yeast in the house. They would have had to accumulate some bitter herbs and they would have had to have wine on hand for the celebration of this Passover meal. Now there were one and a half, maybe up to three or four million Jews living in Rome and Jerusalem at this time, estimated to be about 10% of the population in Jerusalem and the Roman Empire who were Jewish. So if one in ten people were celebrating the Passover, it was certainly something that the masses knew about. They understood what was going on because of that quantity of people. Now, if you just lived in Jerusalem, you know something was going on. If you were a a Jew in Jerusalem, you certainly would know what was going on because you were about to celebrate Passover. But if you were an apostle or a follower of Jesus Christ in Jerusalem during the last year of his ministry, this week might have been the most awful week of your entire life. It might have been the week that was the hardest to handle, the week that was the hardest to make sense of because of what was going on in Jerusalem. You would have been celebrating the Passover just like the rest of the Jews, but it would have culminated in the death of your leader. Because you see, when the Jews came into Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover and those that were there already making all these preparations to celebrate and they were following Christ as well, they had no idea that this was the end of the line, so it seemed, for him. They really didn't understand that. Even the, even the, the, the illusions that Jesus had made to it in trying to give them a little bit of a foreshadowing, even the prophecies that are listed, multiple ones of them, especially in the book of Isaiah, that were listed, they still didn't put it all together. They say hindsight's twenty twenty, and that's so true. So many things happen that make perfectly logical sense after the fact. But to put two and two together and figure everything out in advance makes it very difficult. Jesus became the Passover lamb, a perfect and blameless sacrifice to take away the sins of the world. His followers were hoping, his followers were expecting him even, to forcibly take over the Roman Empire and to create their kingdom here on this earth. And they were so disappointed, crushed even, when his death occurred because all of the dreams and the hopes that they had for what they thought Christ was going to do on earth completely dashed. And many of them were just pretty well unable to go on at that point in time Because everything they had lived for and everything that they had hoped for for so long now looked like it was never, ever going to happen. But little did they know this had been 
the plan since the beginning of time. Now, before Jesus died, he ate the Passover meal with his disciples. They followed the same protocol that God had instructed in the Old Testament. And I won't get into all that this morning, but it's interesting to look at the different order that things were supposed to be done in and all of the different emblems that they needed to have to effectively celebrate the Passover. And Jesus had done this with the disciples and they had gotten a room ready. He had told them to do that and they'd gotten a room ready and they'd ate this Passover meal together. And everything had an order. But the interesting order that I want to point out to you today is not the order of things in their entirety, but I want you to understand that the very last thing that was to be eaten at Passover was the Passover lamb. There was no dessert that was dessert. The meat was dessert. Now, if you ask me, that's not really a bad format. But the meat was dessert. Okay, that's the thing that was eaten very last. There was nothing else to be eaten after it. And remember that God is very serious about how he wants Passover to be celebrated. And so they were to follow this protocol. But Jesus did things differently. He did things differently than they'd ever been done as far as a celebration of Passover. He was about to set up some new protocols They just didn't know the whole story yet. After the eating of the Passover lamb, before they got up and left, Jesus gave them something else to eat. Oh, that's not done. That's not the way things were supposed to work. That's not what God had instructed the Israelites to do. But Jesus had been shattering normalcy all throughout his entire ministry. He was saying things in, in, in the Sermon on the Mount like, you have heard that it was said, but I tell you. Remember that? All the times that he talked about that, that things used to be this way, but now things are going to be this way. And this was very much the same way. That Passover used to be celebrated this way, but but things are going to change now, and things are going to be different, and so he gave them something else to eat. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, it's a passage that most of you are very familiar with. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, after the eating of the Passover lamb, shouldn't have done this, but they did. After all, he was God. He can do whatever he wants to. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So, this memorial service Jesus is setting up after the Passover meal is to ultimately replace the Passover meal after he fulfills the old covenant. Does this make sense? This Passover meal that there is so... so ironic. And so often we don't even think about all these events and how they transpire. They're sitting there eating the Passover meal 
remembering everything that God has done for them as Jews, as Israelites. And then all of a sudden, Jesus sets up this new memorial service. He does things differently. And he said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, do this in remembrance of me, that things are about to change. Now, I'm sure this is very confusing to the apostles. My body, do this in remembrance of me. Phrases he said like, cup is the new covenant in my blood. What in the world is Jesus talking about? And I am sure that it did not make sense to them at this point what was taking place. But Jesus had a plan. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Then there's the betrayal. Judas, at this very night, betrayed Jesus. Then there's the arrest. The horrible beatings and the crucifixion. Jesus' followers think the whole movement is over. And then there's the resurrection. And then there's the resurrection. After the Sabbath, the Bible tells us at the dawn, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, where they will see me. And the passage goes on and talks about the bribe that the guards were given. So they would make up a story about the disciples coming and stealing his body. But the resurrection occurred at that point, and everything that Jesus was setting up prior to this with his disciples during that Passover meal was about to come true, and it was about to be established as a lasting ordinance for the rest of us. So this is what we celebrate today. The fact that this death on a cross wasn't just an end. In fact, it was the completion of an agreement that God had made with the Israelite people. And it also marks the beginning of a new agreement that he made with the entire world. So how do we remember? How do we remember all that was done? You know, I, I tend to have a pretty awful memory. Pretty awful. Just ask M M Mindy. Mindy, just ask her. She can tell you that I have a pretty awful memory. Okay, so there are things I need to remember and I have to either put them in my phone and set an alarm, or I have to have a, a note somehow to remind me of these things. And, and so many of us are like this. But if we only remembered what God did for us through Christ on the cross, 
on Easter Sunday, that'd be pretty pathetic. If that was the only time of year that we ever remembered what Christ had done for us. So today, we are here to celebrate the resurrection. We're also here to celebrate the death and burial too. That was Friday. And so we're kind of remembering all that today. So on the night Jesus was betrayed, he set up a memorial service so we would be reminded of what happened. And he used simple things to remind us. Bread and wine. Now just like Passover, there are some penalties for neglecting to do it like he instructed. And we don't focus on these very often. If you failed to celebrate Passover and you were a Jew and you weren't ceremonially unclean or you weren't on a journey somewhere, then you were to be cut off from your people. You were to no longer be a Jew anymore because you had neglected to celebrate this, this feast, this commemoration of what God had done. And communion, as Jesus set it up, so many parallels. I don't even have time to scratch the surface today. Parallels between the Jews and Passover and Christ and His resurrection and His death and communion. To continue on in the 1 Corinthians passage that I began reading earlier, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. So, a man ought to examine himself before he participates in this memorial service that Jesus set up on the night that he was betrayed. If we eat or drink without recognizing the body of the Lord, we drink judgment on ourselves. Weakness, sickness, death. You know, we don't think much about those consequences, but... If that was true then, if that was true then in the early church, perhaps it's true now that God takes communion so serious that there are people who are suffering consequences because they are not thinking about it when they do it. I don't think that's an unreasonable conclusion to come to given what was told to us in 1 Corinthians. Now this morning I want to remind you of a death, a burial, and a resurrection. Of a man who was born to die in a very real sense. Who lived a perfect and blameless life so he could be the perfect sacrifice for sin. Now while Easter is more about the resurrection, we couldn't have had that without the death. And it kind of all blends together being three days where all this takes place. Now we decided this morning to put an emphasis on our communion service. And that's why we're doing things out of order. Here in a few minutes, we're going to take communion together. 
And if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we invite you to participate in this memorial service today. We're going to talk a little bit about the bread, and we're going to pass it first, all out. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the, the juice, the wine, and then we're going to pass it out as well, just to place emphasis on what we're doing here today and how critical, how incredibly important this memorial service is. This is something that we opt to do each and every week. And I have people say to me sometimes, well, if you take communion every week, doesn't it become mundane? Doesn't it become old-fashioned? where you just know what's going to happen and your mind is in neutral. Well, I hope not because it's not supposed to. When we remember people and remember loved ones, it doesn't become hopefully mundane. It doesn't become old hat. Hopefully it's something that remains fresh in our mind. But, but God knew that our memories are poor. He knew that we would forget what He has done for us. And so this service was set up on the night that Jesus was betrayed, so that we might be able to remember. So take time to reflect. Take time to examine yourself. Take time to ask for God's forgiveness from your sin, that He would cleanse us and purify us. This is something that's never to be done lightly. It's never to be taken for granted. And it's never to be done without a great degree of seriousness. We are following in the footsteps of Christ and His apostles in that He set up this memorial service so that we might be able to remember all of the things that transpired in this Passion Week that we call it with His death on the cross, with His burial, and then culminating in His resurrection. And so we celebrate all of that today, and we choose to do it today by the emphasis that we will put then on our communion service. So uh, we're going to guys are gonna come back up, uh, the music group, and we're going to sing a communion song. And then at that point, the, the guys will come up, and, and we'll pass the, pass the bread, and, and then we'll pass the, pass the juice.